Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Jam-packed. <laughs> I'm struggling to keep up, but that could be my baby brain happening. It, oh my gosh, I have the same bag that you have. I've never put the wipes in the outside. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You need this to keep your baby safe. Or if you truly love your baby, <laughs> then you will buy if them you something to be their towels. <laughs> Hello and welcome. This week we're talking about getting organised for a new baby. Arguably the most life-changing transition you will ever experience, welcoming a new baby into your home can unleash a host of anxieties and feelings of overwhelm. If you're a first-time parent or even just wanting to be more organised than last time, today's episode will bust the myths and cut to the truth of how to prepare for your new bubba. If you haven't been tuning into the podcast for a while, you may have missed a very exciting announcement and that is Little Home Organised. That's us. We've released a brand new course. Yay! The Organised Wardrobe. That's right, a course solely dedicated to getting that wardrobe in tip-top condition. Bonnie, what can people expect? So if you're a time-poor person and you find that getting dressed in the morning is just giving you such a headache, the Organised Wardrobe is the course for you. We will help you zone your wardrobe. We will help you let go of the items that are no longer serving you. And we will help you organise your wardrobe to within an inch of its life so that in the morning it takes you less than five minutes to get dressed and you walk out the door feeling fabulous. Ah, doesn't that sound good? But the thing I love, of course, Bonnie, is that our courses are DIY, which means that you can jump on online anytime, log in, do a module, try it at home and do it at your own pace, which is fabulous for the busy time poor parent. Because life does get in the way sometimes and it's great to know that you can just come back and pick up from where you left off. And as long as this course is offered, you will have access to it. So if that sounds like something that you want to incorporate in your life, you want to get your wardrobe looking spick and spare, and loving it every time you open that door, this is for you. Head to littlehomeorganised.com.au and check out the organised wardrobe. Woohoo, babies. This is going to be a fun episode because I feel like there's so much excitement that comes with having a new baby, especially if this is your first baby. And so I'm really looking forward to today's episode, Bon, because I feel like we're going to be able to talk about the things that we thought we needed, the things we didn't end up needing, the things we didn't think we'd need, but that we did think were amazing when we did use them. It's going to be- I feel like you're going around in circles. Jam-packed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling to keep up, but that could be my baby brain happening. It, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's contracting as we speak, folks. So, you know, stay in there a little longer. We've still got some recording to do, little one. If you hear a gush of water, I'm not wetting my pants. <laughs> I promise. So I wanted to talk today about getting organised for a new baby. And while the focus probably will be on parents who are having biological children, I think a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about is actually applicable if you're adopting a baby or if you're fostering a new baby and you've never done it before and you don't know how to get organised. Or even if you're a grandparent and this is the first grandbaby and you're trying to prepare for things that you might need mm. in your home if you're going to be a regular caretaker. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it's kind of like an all-rounders episode that anytime there's a new baby coming into the home, here are some of the things that you do 
actually need. Here are some of the things that you think you need, but you really don't. And um, here are the things that we thought were kind of ridiculous, but actually turned out to be kind of amazing. So let's start with the essentials for baby. And I think what is really important, and you'll notice this throughout this episode, is that Bonnie and I are more in the minimalist mindset. So what happens with baby fever is <laughs> on one on the one hand, we're very excited to buy for baby. It is exciting. It's a huge life change. No one can deny that. Mm. And it's fun to nest and to buy things and make things cozy and pretty, especially with everything that's on Instagram and Pinterest these days, you know, we all want to have the pretty nursery as well. So it's really easy to go out there and buy. And so in the one sense, you've got this baby fever, but also if you're a first time mum, or, and even if you're not a first time mum, there's so much information on the internet right now, which suggests there is a right way and there are essential and necessary items that you need mm. to have in your home when you have a new baby. And some of those, they just are not, it's just not true. And we, no. and your baby will be healthy and happy and fine without them. And advertisers have a very big role to play in this because they're so good at playing on that fear or that pain point of you want to keep your kids safe. You need this to keep your baby safe. Or if you truly love your baby, <laughs> then you will buy if them you something to be their towels. <laughs> So that they are not cold when they get out of the bath and they have a warm towel to put on them. Is it nice for baby? Sure. Is is a, a towel that was just hanging on the rack fine as well? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's what mummies are for. We're warm. We're cuddly. Exactly. So let's warm them up ourselves. Exactly. So you'll, you'll find that throughout today's episode. We're pretty much like, mm, no, mm, no, <laughs> no. And I just want to say each to their own. At the end of the day, if it, if it floats your boat, it floats your boat. But you're also going to mm. end up with a house cluttered full of baby stuff. That's so exactly right. Let's try to have some balance. Okay. Okay, so essentials for baby. Number one, clothing. Just Don't be- have a naked baby, yeah. especially if you live in a place where it snows. Yeah, essentially. So clothing is important. So my tip here with clothing, though, is when you have a newborn baby, you two-piece item clothing is cute, is super impractical. My mm. advice would always be a onesie and a yes. onesie with... Zips. Zips. Because as soon as they start wriggling around, which can happen around, you know, like the three, four months kind of mark, those damn buttons, yeah, just curse them. <laughs> Every time you've got to try and do them up with that little wriggler on the table and a zip is way faster. Uh, zipping and also you're going to be changing so many nappies. In fact, did you know you'll be changing when they're newborn around eight to 12 nappies every single day? And often what will happen is you'll change a nappy and they'll poo into it immediately <laughs> and then you'll have to change it again. And that is no exaggeration. So you want the clothing to be easy to get on and yes, off. Yeah. So onesies with zips. And if it's super duper cold, you may throw in a singlet, but mm. that's essentially all you need is onesies for those first few months. And if you're in somewhere where it's quite warm, you do singlet onesies so that they've got either a zip or a couple of the snappy buttons down the bottom. So you really don't need this whole tops and bottoms thing that goes on. As cute as they are. Oh, and it's cute. They ride up all the time and you end up holding up a baby and pulling down their shirt the whole time. When you're tired in the middle of the night, you want it to be easy. Yeah, and especially if you are somewhere cold, you want some sort of clothing that you know is going to cover them and keep them warm. The other thing is you're going to buy some stuff and other people are going to be so excited for you, they're going to buy stuff as well. So just go with the basics and buy a bunch mm. of onesies. Absolutely. Number two, you're going to need nappies and wipes. Mm. Now you've got two avenues. You can go with the disposables or you can go with reusable cloth nappies. We tried um, reusable cloth nappies for the newborn period. We switched back to disposables and then yep. when Bub got a little bit bigger, we moved into cloth again and mm. we've been in cloth since. We just found with eight to 12 nappy changes a day being tired in the middle of the night, yep. I didn't want to deal with cloth. Yeah, and that's a, a personal choice that everyone has to make whether you want to do the whole MCN thing, the modern cloth nappy or the disposables and 
I like your philosophy because it's very similar to mine. I try to take small steps to improve the environment because I know a nappy takes 500 years or something to break down. But at the same time, you have to have some sacrifices, especially in those early newborn days where you are super tired and you are adjusting to having this little demanding squabbling thing. And you need your sanity. And if it means that you have eight weeks of using disposable nappies and you can just chuck the poop in the bin rather than wash it out, then do it. Like to each their own. But as far as modern cloth nappies go, and we can maybe do an episode on how to organise your stations for modern cloth nappies. Ooh. They're very easy. They're not the old school terry toweling like our parents' generations use. I mean, you can get those you can if still you want. do them. When you're going to buy, buy your nappies. If you're doing disposables, you're going to need nappies and wipes. And if you're using reusable, you're going to... Uh, by a modern cloth nappy, you're going to need a bucket for them. You're going to need some waterproof bags to put the MCNs in when you're out and about with bub. And you may even be wanting to use reusable wipes. So those are some things you need to think about. These are the essentials. Mm. And that's something that I've never actually done before, but I am going to do with this baby probably once that newborn period is over is do the reusable wipes at home because I've always just done your disposable wipes and like they're awesome and great and stuff. But I thought, oh, this time I think I'm ready for at home reusable wipes. So yeah, keep us posted on how that goes. (laughs) We'll see if it lasts. (laughs) Number three is nappy cream. And at one time or another, your baby is going to develop nappy rash. They're in a nappy all the time. It does happen. Mm. But these barrier creams are really great at protecting your bub's bottom and stopping more moisture and everything getting in, keeping that skin irritated when it does have a flare up. So having nappy cream from the get go is one less thing that could be upsetting your baby, which is Mm. one less thing that's going to be keeping sleep at bay. Um, Number four (laughs) is a nappy bag. And the reason I say this even though we're very minimalist could you get away with a bag you already have at home sure but this is just one thing where I think it's an essential because there are so many compartments and there's so many little things that Mm. come with babies that you just want things to be easy this is where the bottle goes this is where the medicine goes this is where whatever it is goes it's easy to access yeah so grabbing a nappy bag that's designed for them I've, I've had three different nappy bags for my nearly four children. So the first two had like a, a purpose design kind of shoulder satchel bag and that was great because it had the little pockets and stuff and it was teal so it was very pretty. Oh, my husband loved carrying it. <laughs> and the first two were born very close together so it got lots of use and then by the time the third one came along and there was, I don't know, a two or three year gap, I'd stopped using that nappy bag and – I just ended up using for him, honestly, you know, like a tote bag. It was, I think it was actually a, a calico type beach bag. And I just had like a, an MCN wet bag and I would put a few things in there. And then I had like a nappy wallet. I love the nappy wallet actually. And see, this is like the thing. You can make something you have at home work. Yeah. Yeah. And now for this fourth baby, because we are going back to now having a newborn soon, I thought, no, I always wanted to try one of those nappy bags where the wipes were on the outside. Mm -hmm. And you could just grab them because I had a girlfriend at church who whenever the kids had a spill, she'd just whip one out of her bag and I thought she was Mary Poppins. Oh, my gosh. I have the same bag that you have. I've never put the wipes in the outside. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What have you put there? I just realised that and I'm sitting here zoning out imagining how different the last 18 months could have been. (laughs) What did you put in there? Tissues or something? I put his little red book for Uh, the doctor. You don't need to carry that around. Well, you do for like the first little bit because oh. you're constantly visiting the child nurse and I didn't you want to forget it. You wasted a prime opportunity. I can't believe that. <laughs> I find that's hilarious. <laughs> so I literally have bought a nappy bag just Purpose for that. built for that pocket. and I've had it and not even known it. Oh, I find that so funny. Oh, classic. <laughs> 
All right, number five is burp cloths. So these are essential because when you are breastfeeding or bottle feeding a baby. When you're just feeding in general, babies will vomit. It's a messy business and especially if you have a reflux baby. So you will need some kind of burp cloth. Now, you don't need to have fancy. There are plenty of people who do homemade stuff. Check them out at markets, online, Instagram, Etsy. But also you can just head to Big W and get a bunch of terry towels. White towels, they're multi-purpose for lots of things. Mm. It's just a cotton towel. You sling it over your shoulder when you're um, burping your baby. It's amazing. And if you really want to go on the budget, grab a whole bunch of face washes from your local op shop, give them a nice good sanitise and use those as burp cloths as well because what I find is that you do go through a lot of them. It's like having a hanky. You blow in it enough times and it's like, okay, we're not using that anymore. We need a fresh one. Yeah, so with a hanky that should be once because gross. Okay, (laughs) number six is swaddling. So, I mean, apparently there's a movement away from swaddling, but let's just say we're still swaddling. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. So with swaddles, you'll have just like a loose piece of cotton or jersey material or Or even flannelette or muslin um, and then you can wrap – bub in that or you can potentially do one of the pre-made zip swaddles so you can get like love to dream and there's a few different brands oh, there's so many brands but yeah. swaddling is good because it helps especially in the that startle new, reflex with bub yeah that newborn stage for the first couple of months swaddles and are it keeps them amazing. warm yeah and they just look like a little burrito oh they do it's and so i mean cute. you need some joys so yeah <laughs> burrito it up. Vibes, so like <laughs> they look i mean you look at all those pregnancy apps and they're comparing the size of your baby to food the whole time so mm. when you pop it out it's natural to it's want naturally, to look it's at a burrito it. it's a burrito <laughs> <laughs> okay next number seven you're going to need a cot mattress now these are you need to make sure that it's not some homemade mattress it needs to be a proper cot mattress mm. it has to be a certain amount of spongy to stop baby when they're lying on it from if they were to roll over somehow and end up on their face that they Mm. could still breathe it really is really important for preventing SIDS so make sure that you do have an appropriate cot and a cot mattress. Do you you want to actually explain what SIDS is in case people don't know? Oh yeah and crib as well as what a cot is for those in other countries. Um, So SIDS is sudden infant death syndrome and that's when basically a young baby dies unexpectedly and it can't really be explained Um, and there is also another version called SUDS and essentially the idea behind it is trying to prevent anything that could cause your baby to suddenly pass away to suffocate whatever it might be so there are measures in place and there's a regulating body and you can in Australia you can head to the Red Nose Foundation mm-hmm. I believe it is and find out more but there are certain things you can do in your home and that is like appropriately swaddling your baby mm. making sure it's safe you know not having pillows or, or cot bumpers cot or bumpers. things that they won't be able to breathe you know teddies you're not supposed to put anything no blankets, in the cot things like for that. six months and it feels weird for us because we're so used to having those things in our bed and we're so used to those things from generations before Mm. but research shows you're increasing significantly the risk of something bad happening to bub and so that's why you pick the appropriate cot mattress and you make sure that there's no bumpers and things like that Mm. if that's something that sounds completely new to you definitely go jump online to your overarching body and find out more information because it is important to do our best to keep our bubbers safe Mm. and the other thing i'd add about with the mattress is of course not only do you add like a sheet but a waterproof mattress protector yes and that might not be as essential in those newborn phases when things do get contained a bit better but especially as they get older and the wheeze get more frequent it just always ends up leaking through the sheet and you just want to protect that mattress so that you can have it for a long long time so having at least one set of sheets with a spare for the wash 
same thing for your mattress protector is absolutely essential. Number eight, an essential for baby is of course a car seat. And in Australia, the current laws basically suggest that you should not buy secondhand and that this is one thing that you actually need to invest in from point of sale to ensure that it meets the Australian standards so that if you're in an accident, you're ensuring that the seat that baby is in is up to code. If you do happen to buy secondhand from someone that you know and trust and that it hasn't been in any sort of accident, you must check the manufacture date because the standard is also that as soon as 10 years has passed since that car seat was manufactured it needs to go to the tip so cut the straps chuck it in the tip because the safety standards change regularly and you want to make sure that your baby is not bouncing around in a 70s velcro car seat when they should be in something a lot safer a little bit fancier yes (laughs) number nine a baby carrier now absolutely do i the reason i find this to be an essential is you can do like a wrap where they're like it's like material and they're like tied onto your body Mm. or you can do like the clip clothes baby carrier but it is an awesome way for you to still have a life go Mm. shopping have two hands free and keep bub intimately on your skin for a good sleep especially if bub's going through a phase where they're really unsettled not sleeping well a leak whatever it might be Mm. life still has to go on you know food still has to be eaten and you can still get them you know Babies are always most settled when they're with us. So it's a really great way to comfort your baby but still keep moving. Yeah, and especially if this isn't your first baby and you have other children that you're running around after. Having that child strapped to you means you've got two hands to grab those wayward toddlers before they jump in front of the bus. And the final purchase you need to think about that is essential for baby, in our opinion, Mm -hmm. is a thermometer. Yes, and interestingly enough, you might not think, oh, this is an essential, but especially if it is your first child and you haven't learned the art of feeling a forehead, which honestly... It takes three children, I think, to feel that art. A thermometer really just gives you that peace of mind of, yeah, baby's perfectly fine. There's no temperature here. Or, oh, you do feel a little bit hot. Let's have a a check. Oh, your temperature is up a bit. Let's make you a bit cooler or take you to the doctor or or whatever the case might be. So there are some things in this essentials list that are practical everyday essentials. There are some things that we need to keep our babies safe. And this thermometer is one of those things. Yeah, and especially because with newborns, if they have like a high temperature, like a high temperature in a child you can like kind of monitor and get away with whereas within mm. a baby it's a different situation yeah. and it's like you know could be straight to hospital so you know you won't know unless you have a thermometer so definitely get that let's jump over to mums now so yeah. what are the essentials for the mother let's go breast pads and a breast pump and milk containers Now, this is if you're breastfeeding, of course. So obviously our newborns need to be fed. So whether you're doing formula or breastfeeding, there are some essentials that you need either way. So for me, I I breastfeed my kids. Lord willing, I will breastfeed this one again. But your boobs leak a lot. You could be staring at a Hallmark card in Kmart and get a bit teary and your breasts will leak. A really beautiful ad about cars on (laughs) television and your boobs will be tingling and you'll think, hmm, that's wet. (laughs) So make sure that you've got a good stash of those, even for your hospital bag, because especially when your milk first comes in, oh man, it is on for young and old. And I remember a friend of ours who was very well endowed when she would leak at nighttime. She said, I just needed a towel on each side of me to mop up the amount of milk that leaked out at night. And I just thought, oh man, I'm so glad it's you and not me. (laughs) 
I definitely had a towel. All right. So <laughs> breast pads are uh, really important, but also a breast pump is really practical. So mm. a breast pump can help if you are wanting to create a stash for whatever reason, for an emergency, for, for going, going back, back to, to work, work, whatever it might be. So a breast pump's really good. And there's other reasons they're good as well. So definitely consider buying or hiring one. And then you need some containers to store your breast milk safely in the fridge or the freezer. Mm. Another thing that's essential for mum is bottles and a bottle brush. So if you're going to be feeding your baby, be it formula or breast milk, you do want to make sure that you have good quality bottles and mm. you only clean those bottles with a, a bottle brush. So that doesn't have to be something fancy. It just has to, the brush just has to fit in there and yeah. you can get designated ones from like baby bunting and stuff, but you can also find cheaper options. You just can't use them to wash your other dishes. Yeah. I mean, don't use the dish that brush that you use to do the bacon and eggs pan. That's, that's not going to be good for the baby. No, we, we don't want that bacteria in there. So mm-hmm. a controversial opinion. There are plenty of people out there who think they need a disinfector a bottle sterilizer and at least for my baby and all the healthcare professionals that I've spoken to I'm not one this is just my opinion not medical advice (laughs) um they say no just give it a hot soapy wash you don't need to disinfect it it's good for babies to have you know a small amount of little bits of bacteria as opposed to giving them something so sterile that will create gut issues later on and you know what my second child oh that's that's for breast milk, but I think it's different different for formula. Okay. So my second child was born at 34 weeks and spent a few weeks in the NICU unit uh, in intensive care. And I was expressing breast milk because she couldn't take anything orally. And their protocol in there was just a hot soapy wash with a cold water rinse and then air dry. So don't dry it with a tea towel, but air dry. So it just goes to show if that's the protocol in the hospitals where the babies are in intensive care, do we really need these bottle sterilizers that they're selling us? There you go. So different for formula, I think, but you know, you've know you heard it here. Um, so keeping in mind, if you, you could buy this ahead of time if you know you're going to be a formula feeder, but otherwise wait and see and then potentially get the products that you need to formula feed. So like your formula containers and things like that. But one thing mm. I wanted to add that I found to be such an essential, which is why I'm going to recommend it, is a portable light for night feeding. So with your partner being in there, if they are there, you, don't, you know, there may be a point where you don't want to wake them up or you have to move baby from one room to another for feeding or moving around because baby, you know, for whatever reason, a portable light is awesome because you don't have to rely on one lamp next to one chair if you mm. need to get up and move. And so we have this little egg. It um, lights up when you tap it. You just hold your hand on it and it dims or brightens. You can change it from warm to cool light mm-hmm. and it keeps charged for hours and then you just eventually pop it back on its station. Mm. And that was actually a game changer for us. And yeah. we just got it online. So I definitely recommend consider getting a portable light for your night feeds. Mm. And if you are going to be breastfeeding, looking at getting nursing bras or nursing singlets, I'm pretty sure for all of my children, I pretty much just lived in nursing singlets and maternity type bras um, that unclipped for 12 months afterwards. So they're definitely an essential to get as well. And and get ones that are comfortable, like invest in really good quality ones that are going to make you feel good and look good, not just the the cheapest one you can find. All right. It's important to have comfy underwear for after your um, birth, be it C-section or otherwise. But especially with a C-section, you want to make sure that the undies sit nice and high so they don't sit over your C-section scar while it's healing. Mm. But speaking of comfy, the last thing I wanted to mention for mum is making sure you have a comfortable chair to feed in. For me personally, having armrests um, was important for getting good positioning with bub. But some people like you, Bon, prefer not to have them. Yeah. And I mean, you can get pillow breastfeeding pillows and stuff that help you. But as one midwife said to me with my first child, you need to learn to be able to breastfeed without a support because you want to be out in the shopping centre breastfeeding and not have to go and find somewhere that's got that supportive rest. And 
that was something that always stuck with me and, yeah, it, it made me a better breastfeeder. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we want to talk about some products to consider. Do you need a pram? I know it's a bit of a controversial one because I, with my third child, had a pram with the travel capsule and once he outgrew that, I didn't actually have a pram anymore because I wasn't walking daily. I was running around after the other two with kindy and, um, you know, other drop-offs and stuff. And once he could walk... I just let him walk from the car to the kindy drop-off or to the music or to whatever. So I had a period of like two years where he – I didn't have a pram for him at all. And, you know, as an alternative, you can use a carrier. Mm. But the other thing to think about is, yes, say you're walking through the markets and you've got a carrier and you want to pick up knick-knacky things. Don't do that. Home organisation, pork and us. Um, But let's say you're walking through the markets and you want to pick up some things. Having a pram can be an advantage because your child can be sitting in the pram and you can – put things underneath it so like that's yes. that's something to think about as well there, there it is whether it's practical or not and there's so many prams out there but mm. yeah best to go into a store and trial them out actually push them around because holy heck they get very heavy so you want to make, make sure, sure go to a store where they've got a 12 kilo fake baby and they chuck it in the pram for you so you can feel what it's like yeah it's such a difference mm. and so I think another product that a lot of people love that I think is questionable Mm. is the baby swing. And I think it's questionable for me because it was so rare that we used it. Did it justify the cost? Now we got our second hand. So mm. yes, it, it, it was okay because I didn't feel guilty that we didn't use it really at all. Yeah. But for some people, it's a lifesaver. Yes. And for me, for our first two children in particular, it was an absolute game changer because, you know, reflux and all that kind of stuff. So if you need a second set of hands to soothe the baby because you've got other children or because you just need to sleep, Like it is such a great soothing tool to have your baby get rocked to sleep and you not have to be the one to do it. Oh, isn't it a relief? We do love them though. Uh, So products to consider. The last one we're going to cover in this episode is the baby monitor. Yes. And this is controversial because then there's the whole, do we get just an audio monitor? Do we get a video monitor? You can go down into that whole realm of, um, you know, safe sleeping mats. And do we put something underneath that sets off an alert if our baby doesn't seem to be breathing anymore I mean I've just heard so many stories about people who have had their alert their alarms go off in the middle of the night and they've freaked out rushed to the baby's cot and the baby's totally fine it's just the technology that has faltered and so for me I feel like that would create way more anxiety than not having that sort of safe sleeping mat at all yeah I really felt like I still use a baby monitor Mm -hmm. and because of where our room is now, we are at completely different ends of the mm. house. And so for us, we need to, especially in winter when everything's closed up, yeah. we wouldn't hear him otherwise. So I definitely love the baby monitor. And for me, I couldn't do it without because visually I know what's going on in there. Yeah, sure. So yeah, each to their own. Let's just quickly cover some unnecessary products before we take a quick break. Mm-hmm. So one thing that's now actually not classified as Sid Safe anymore, but nothing is, is the Cot Mobile. And also I found that it was something that my son was very disinterested in. And then when he was interested in it, it was a short period of time. And mm. then he was just trying to grab it and break it. Yes. As soon as they can kind of sit up, they can grab it. They pull it down and you're just forever trying to put it back up. So I, f- I felt like what's a far better option is to have something totally affixed to the wall that's not going to fall down into their cot or onto them for them to look at 
instead of a cop mobile. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Another one that I think is unnecessary is the baby bath. Like I can understand why they are beneficial. Um, but if you have a bathtub or if you have a sink, that's really mm. all you need. And you can also just take Bub in the shower with you as well. Yeah, and that is actually such a precious time showering with your newborn. And number three, as a newborn, we had a double shower. So I would have the two older kids who were two and three and then the newborn in the shower with me and I would just hand the newborn to my husband and it was like brilliant, really efficient bath time. I got showered, the kids got showered. And you saved money on a baby bath. And we did. (laughs) And one more unnecessary product I think we should mention is ahead of time you can buy these like breast ice packs and they're designed to like help if you're like really engorged like mastitis and things like that or like your milk's coming in and you put them in the freezer and they're nice and cool however they are um, actually kind of unnecessary unless you need them (laughs) they kind of look cool make a good photo I remember Mm. putting them on thinking oh maybe this will soothe my like sore you know feeding areas but yeah it was just a waste of money just say nipples it's okay it's nipples okay (laughs) can we say that are we g-rated I don't even know (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you haven't been tuning into the podcast for a while, you may have missed a very exciting announcement, and that is Little Home Organised. That's us. We've released a brand new course. Yay! The Organised Wardrobe. That's right, a course solely dedicated to getting that wardrobe in tip-top condition. So if you're a time-poor person and you find that getting dressed in the morning is just giving you such a headache, the Organised Wardrobe is the course for you. We will help you zone your wardrobe. We will help you let go of the items that are no longer serving you. And we will help you organise your wardrobe to within an inch of its life so that in the morning it takes you less than five minutes to get dressed and you walk out the door feeling fabulous. Ah, doesn't that sound good? But the thing I love, of course, Bonnie, is that our courses are DIY, which means that you can jump on online anytime, log in, do a module, try it at home and do it at your own pace, which is fabulous for the busy time poor parent. Because life does get in the way sometimes and it's great to know that you can just come back and pick up from where you left off. And as long as this course is offered, you will have access to it. So if that sounds like something that you want to incorporate in your life, you want to get your wardrobe looking spick and span and loving it every time you open that door, this is for you. Head to littlehomeorganised.com.au and check out the organised wardrobe. Okay, so two last things we want to talk about before we wrap up this episode so that you are organised for your new baby. And the first one is how to organise the space. So there are two particular stations that are really worthwhile setting up. And the first of these is a nappy change station because you are going to be changing quite a few nappies a day early on. And it's really important that when you set up this station, you have got the things that you need the most accessible the most. So wipes and nappies and then your spare changes of clothing, burp cloths, that kind of thing. If you live in a two-story house, consider creating a portable nappy change station where you've got a little carrier, so like a bag or a basket that you can carry just with one hand and you can take that downstairs with you to use during the day and bring up at night time to use back upstairs at night. You may have noticed that Bonnie and I didn't say an essential was a change table. Yeah, And that's because you can get away with changing bub on different surfaces. So if you just choose to change bub on a bed and that works for your family, perfect. The only thing you need to note is that can be a killer on your back. So making Mm. sure you adjust your body position. And the next step up from that, of course, is having just like a spongy portable changing mat that you can put on top of your table. So as Bonnie's saying, like making sure you have the portable stuff to go around to that nappy changing station if it's not in baby's room. Um, But most importantly, we're just trying to be mindful that we're 
whenever we're setting up these little zones for baby, we're making sure that, you know, we're considering our prime real estate. So what is within arm's reach? What's going to make everything easy? Because when you're holding a newborn or watching a newborn and trying to change them or feed them or what have you, you want everything within easy reach. So if you're going to have an area where you regularly feed, you're going to need a little table or something next to your chair where you can have water because you'll be drinking so much water, maybe a snack. Maybe you want to put your phone there, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a book um, while you're feeding your bub. So make sure wherever you set up your feeding station, you have lots of things within the vicinity in that prime real estate that organize and function well. Yeah. So that you don't have to get up in, in the middle of you trying to feed the baby. You want everything to be easy within reach. Absolutely. Now we've just got a few seasoned mum tips for you because obviously I'm about to have number four. Lily's got um, an 18 month, is he 18 months now? Yep. So here's just a few tips that we have learned along the journey that hopefully will help you along your journey in getting ready for your new baby. Number one, start expressing colostrum as soon as you can. So after the 36 week mark, you can actually start getting colostrum out and putting it into tiny syringes. Speak to your healthcare provider in Australia. In most places, they'll just give you a handful of the syringes for free. This liquid goal is really important, especially considering what can happen in labor being unexpected things popping up. So if things don't go to plan and you've got colostrum on hand, it can be really good liquid gold to give newborn babies in those yep. first few hours. And if you have no idea what colostrum is, get look, Googling. <laughs> look it up because it is literally called liquid gold for a reason. If you plan on breastfeeding, make sure that you attend a breastfeeding class, whether it's online, in person. It just really helps you feel a lot more confident. Statistically, you're more likely to have success with breastfeeding if you've attended a class prior. Yeah. And it just helps you get prepared for when the midwives very roughly grab your boob and try to squeeze your baby's face onto it (laughs) because that can be a little shocking. And that can happen. But I think after having my baby, I was just like, do what you will. Yeah. Make it work. I'm too tired to care. Uh, number three, you want to do pelvic floor exercises. So you want to make sure that you're doing everything to keep everything together together during that pregnancy and then afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't know what pe- pelvic floor or kegels are, look them up also because they are kind of important. Number four, you want to ask questions. So there's so much education and information online and midwives and doctors and health nurses, they've been seeing client after client after client. Sometimes when they're seeing a lot of people, they can start to presume that Mm. everybody has a similar sense of knowledge and understanding on a topic. So it's really important that you ask lots of questions to make sure you're fully informed. Nothing is stupid. Like nothing is a dumb question. Especially if this is your first baby, ask away. Yeah, because I found that with my first baby in hospital and I was in hospital for a week after my C-section there were still things that midwives assumed that I knew and I had no idea about. So if there's something that you're not really sure about, ask for help. Okay. Another thing to note is the second to third night after your baby is born, luster feeding. Had no idea what that was. And (laughs) basically your baby will feed, 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 feed. You're in for a big night. Short sleep and then another whole bunch of feeding. And Mm. it can be a really tiring night, especially and shocking if you weren't expecting it. But it also starts to time with when your hormones are changing too, which is why it can be quite challenging, which is something many women are aware of, which is the baby blues. And the baby blues tend to come in around the three to four day mark. Um, up to about the five to six day mark. And basically that's when the hormones just kind of go blah and it can feel like a bit of a reality check is set in at the same time. And Mm. hormonally you feel that in your body. So 
something to be aware of going into having a baby is that you will feel a little bit different around those days and that's okay. You might feel a little bit sad or anxious around those days and that's okay. That is normal. If it's long standing and ongoing, then definitely something to speak to a healthcare professional about, but do know that there's nothing wrong with you. If that does happen, that is completely normal. And sometimes you can feel those hormones. Like you could lie down and have hot flushes. You might feel rushing through your body or different kinds of things. I didn't expect it, was a bit freaked out by it. Turns out it was normal. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're not sure whether what you're experiencing is normal, talk to someone about it. That's why no question is a dumb question. And finally, last bit of advice here is sanitary pads for the two weeks of post bleeding. Or if you're trying to be a bit more eco-friendly and you have period underwear, that's a great option that can be quite comfortable as well. Or a menstrual cup, depending on how you've birthed. Yes. Depending on how you birthed. Absolutely. Mm, But that's something that no one ever prepared me for is that I would bleed like a stuck pig for two weeks. (laughs) Like a stuck pig. Beautiful. Well, if you're listening and you're expecting a baby, congratulations. If you're listening and you've had your babies, but you're just curious to see what Bonnie and I would say about this and you're excited for Bonnie (laughs) to have her baby, thanks for joining us. We just wanted to do this episode as something a little bit off-brand for us, but as, you know, two young mums, it's been a really fun journey having little people and there's another little person on the way. But you'll have to keep up to date with the podcast page at Little Home Organised to see on Facebook and we'll give you an update there for sure. Okay, so your tidy task this week is if you are preparing for baby is to look at some of the essentials that we have listed. Make sure that you've got everything on that list. And avoid the diaper genies. Avoid the diaper genies and the bumbos and things like that if you don't really need them, but to each their own. So we just want you to get educated, make an informed decision on what you feel like you need for your family, but you certainly do not need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on baby products to set up your nursery and your home because at the end of the day all that baby needs is you and that's all we have time for this week thank you so much for tuning in and lending us your ears and remember progress not perfection see you later with a baby bye We'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoy the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.